Listen up. Evil is not the boss of us. We gotta do that thing. What's it called? Like when you're driving in a car, putting on deodorant, and trying to drink a beer at the same time. Reckless endangerment? No, Kelly, keep up. Multitasking. That's it. We can do this. We can wail on evil and provide Elk Grove with top quality hardware at a reasonable price. But, but not that reasonable. <laughs> All right, get the gum out of your ears and listen up, you inbred degenerate screwheads. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Richard. And I'm Chris. And this is the Evil Dead Cast episode 28. And we're thankful this week that Richard is still with us. Yay. Yeah, because you had with you. pneumonia. Yep. Classic pneumonia. Both lower lobes of the lung. Isn't we're, that exciting? We're like filled with pus. Filled oh. with white phlegm. Oh, Delicious. <laughs> yeah, no. Yummy. Oh, God. No, yeah, well, uh, yeah, because a couple of days ago you weren't sure you were going to come on, so I'm glad you're feeling better and, and you're able to... You, you, it was funny, I was like, did you see the episode yet? He's like, no, I don't want to laugh too hard, it might hurt. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'm feeling much better thanks to some codeine, so we should be okay. <laughs> All right. That's good, man. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you're feeling better. And I was, uh, I heard Stan Lee recently had pneumonia too, but he's 95. So Holy I was worried shit. about him. Yeah. 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 I, w- Ooh, I was worried dangerous. about him and I'm glad to feel you're feeling, I'm glad to hear you're feeling better too. So thanks. Appreciate the well wishes. Stan Lee made it through then, huh? He's, he's fine now. Well, he's, I heard he's out of hospital. Um, okay. but like I said, he's 95. So yeah. I don't know if I'd say fine, but I do hope so. Cause I don't want Stan Lee to die. Kevin Smith had a heart attack. Holy crap! Yeah, what? he did a big one. Yeah, he. Uh, oh, I don't. I don't know okay? the details, but he had a heart attack. Went to the hospital. Now he's back home. He said he's feeling better than he did before he had the heart attack. Huh. And apparently, he has to be a vegetarian now. Oh boy! Oh. I know. Well, I bet you he loves that. <laughs> Maybe he wishes he was dead. <laughs> I'm sure we'll hear all about it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm suddenly thankful for my health, so let's yes. <laughs> get into this week's episode. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 3 in 5, 4, 3, 2, All right. It's our Deadcast Top 3 this week. It's our Top 3 highlights for Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 3, Episode 2, Booth 3. And now we know that... Booth three is Ash's special booth. Yeah, that's right. The one he always <laughs> his regular booth. Yeah, yeah, his go-to booth. <laughs> right. So, uh, not your top three, but just in general, what did you guys think of this week's episode, Richard? Uh, you know, I uh, it wasn't as funny, I don't think, as as the first one. But you know, it was like a it was a it was a setup episode. It was it was getting things ready to really start rock and roll. I think. So I'm happy for that. Uh, there are some pretty funny quotes. Ash was Ash, which is always awesome. And uh, yeah, they, well, they they kind of tighten the grip on the threesome dynamic there between Kelly, Pablo, and uh, what was his name? Dalton. Yeah, no love for Dalton from Pablo on that. Yeah. And we also had uh, we also had uh, a good setup for uh, what's going to happen with uh, the other threesome there: Ruby, Ash, and uh, his daughter. 
So I'm looking forward to all that. Chris? I pretty much agree. I I don't think it was quite as funny as, as usual. And I just felt this episode was a little more on the, the talky side than a normal episode of Ash versus Evil Dead. Uh, I know, of course, we had the big sperm bank fight and cold <laughs> open and stuff, but I, I felt like there was a lot of characters hanging around talking and explaining stuff. And I'm, I don't mean that in a bad way because... Um, I didn't really think to call it a setup episode, but that's exactly what it was. It was setting the stage for what's going to come this season. So they had to kind of give us that information, I think. But I liked it overall. Just didn't um, make me laugh quite as much as some of the other ones. Right. I think I liked it more than both of you guys. Yeah, I guess it wasn't as funny thinking about it now, although it's disgusting and funny to see Ash slipping and sliding around on his own semen <laughs> like he's a three stooges disgusting three stooges <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh, what i was thinking yeah he's all whoa, whoa, whoa. but uh i also thought yeah so during some of the talky parts and i'll get into it later but we got into some of the lore which i i like you know when they expand that out a little bit and also i think uh this episode really had f- some good classic evil dead style horror almost felt like Sam Raimi was directing parts of it. And I, I love that. So I thought it was a really mm. good, good episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's enough for now. All right, let's do our top three. Who wants to go first? Well, why don't we talk about my, I can go first and really, I just want my number three to be the opening scene, the cold open mm-hmm. and how like batshit crazy it was. I, mm-hmm. I really think it was actually one of the craziest things I've seen. On TV, we have uh, Ruby more or less giving birth in that car to this. Uh, yeah, like a like a baby. C-section without a knife. Exactly, and <laughs> and she's lying there with her yeah with her stomach ripped open, and then she bites through the umbilical cord. Um, we <sighs> have yeah, we have the that couple on the road. And of course the baby attacks that dude. And just the way he's screaming on the floor as the baby is chewing on his neck, it really, I thought was sort of gross and awesome. Um, (laughs) And, and I don't know the whole thing about it. Just it, it, it started the episode on this amazing, gruesome note. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and after that, it toned down a little bit, I thought, but uh, yeah, the opening scene I thought was incredible. And all I could think after it was, you know, if you're ever approaching a car as a spectator and suddenly there's a blood explosion on the inside of it, I think, <laughs> I think you should turn around and run the other way. Don't yeah. walk up to it and open yeah, the totally. door. But that's if horror. You, if you, even if you went in and looked inside the car, would you really yeah. pick up the baby that's laying there well, on the floor? Th- exactly. And he, he opens the front door and then you see the umbilical cord wiggling and it, and he opens the back door and sees the baby. I'm like, man, yeah. just get the hell out of there. <laughs> you do, you do <laughs> not bad want to know. There, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You do not you know want what, to get though? involved. I thought the same thing. And I think that's what we're supposed to think. No, don't go in there. And it's, you know, horror movie classic. But on the other hand, if you're just some guy and you look in and you see a woman who, I mean, it is pretty disgusting, but then you see the umbilical cord and you hear like the baby was making sounds that got me because I'm a parent that, you know, they, they uh-huh. chose a really good little like gurgle. Hee-hee. And then you see the, it's almost like a fetus practically. And, but it, it has a cute look on its face, like helpless. And I, I, I didn't blame him at that point for picking it up. 
And You're forgetting about the blood explosion. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but the, and I up to that point, as I was watching, I was like, get away from there, dude. But then when he saw the baby, um, I, I'm like, well, I guess if I was him, I would want to, you know, save this little baby. I wouldn't run away if I saw like I couldn't see any other threats around anywhere. And I just saw a little baby that was still attached to the umbilical cord. I'd probably grab it. But anyways, when he did grab it and the music was kind of um, it was uplifting and almost like, oh, something good. And the baby had a cute look on his face, even though it was gross because it was all blood covered. And then he looks over at his girlfriend and he goes, it's a fucking baby. And when he looked back at it, it was like, I was like, man, I should have been waiting for that because I hate that stuff. You know, I like whenever there's a zombie baby or any, it just really gets me. It's disgusting. I think, though, for some reason, this was my favorite one of those I've ever seen because they really just dragged you around by the nose. Uh, 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 You know, I was like totally intent the whole time. Like, what's going to happen next? They gave it a big ass mouth, too. Yeah. You know what I appreciated about this? Uh, uh, Chris, you know, we were, we, we knew it was going to happen since last right. episode. So they just like, boom, shoved it right in your face, right at the beginning. And, you know, even though you knew it was going to happen, it was, it still gotcha. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. For sure. Exactly. It's right. it, it That's came, how I feel. It, it came right off, off the top. I thought they might mm-hmm. have the, you know, the pokey, pokiness in her stomach a little bit more for a while and sort of tease us a bit more with that. But nope, no teasing. Yeah. Right the action. Yeah, because that was the first thing that I, I was thinking of when I started the episode was, oh, all right, we're gonna get, we're gonna see her give birth. What's gonna happen? You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Ashford's Evil Dead was uh, a fighter, it would be one of those fighters that comes out punching. <laughs> That's you right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No totally. screwing around. Right. Right. Just no going for the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rich. What's your number three? Uh, my number one was, or my number three was the. Uh, the Kelly Pablo Dalton threesome. I kind of enjoyed that. You know, I, like you said earlier, they did a little bit of lore and I enjoy that too. When they're talking about what's going to happen or what has happened, you know, when they get into the story a little bit. And so I thought that was cool, but you know, between the three of them, it's not looking too good. I don't think, uh, I don't think those relationships can last. I think one of them has got to go. Who's it going to be? Yeah, because Pablo, it's really, I mean, there's tension between Pablo and and Dalton and Pablo's jealous of Dalton and Dalton is totally distrustful, at least if we take him at face value of Pablo because he has the markings of evil all over him and that's what he was been bred to destroy and Kelly's caught in the middle. So it's a really, really good tension dynamic. But I like that it's even a little bit funny, like um, Pablo just trying to be nice offers Dalton fruit loops and he says he's gluten free. It's like, he's just so precious and perfect, you know, yeah. <laughs> everything about him. Or I think Kelly came into the trailer and said Dalton left his razor in there or something, which feels really personal for her to be looking for his razor. You know, it's kind of an insult. Uh, to yeah. Yeah. That was, that was um, one of, I thought one of the funniest, lines of the episode and it was almost just a throwaway line mm-hmm. she walks in and says sorry dalton left his beard trimmer that's what it is cut yeah. off. and i'm like oh, of course of course it's a beard trimmer he's yeah. such a he's such a pretty boy metrosexual with a, or whatever yeah with a perfect beard you know and, and just having her come in and look for his beard trimmer i can imagine him saying to her outside uh oh kelly i forgot my beard trimmer could you find it for me i'm like come yeah. on <laughs> yeah you gotta look good when you're fighting evil right you do <laughs> and and he says you know uh 
that to Kelly, he's been touched. Pablo's been touched by evil. Sooner or later, he's going to go demon, and then he'll be out for blood. And I'm like, yeah, I bet, I bet that's true. I mean, yeah, hopefully. I hope it is true because it'd be cool to see, but then he can be like Ash has been before and come back from it. And and he also only presents two options. Either we kill him or he kills us. Yeah. So exactly. I feel yeah. like there's gotta be some other way, but well, maybe you know, Pablo so will kill Dalton. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think Dalton just signed his own uh, death warrant. There. Yeah, for sure. The only other thing I think I'd like to add to the sort of relationship dynamic we have going here last week, I speculated that, there'd be tension created because we we have Ash's daughter and that's kind of a set, another love interest for Pablo potentially. But it seems like where they're going right now at least is playing up the relationship between Kelly and Dalton and making Pablo jealous yeah, because of that. Absolutely. Which, yeah. I don't know why I didn't yeah. think of that last week, <laughs> but it seems obvious now. Yeah. And also I was thinking maybe um, Brandy's too young too. I think Pablo is probably in his mid twenties and she's like 17 or something. That's, that's true. She's, she was in high school. So yeah. Younger than them a little bit. Yeah. yeah maybe well, not that the show doesn't go for the taboos. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My number three is the good old sperm bank. Mm. Uh, yes. And I like how in a lot of shows, uh, as they go on, you know, into season three or, you know, later on in the show, you get to learn more about the characters, hobbies and interests. And now in Ash, we learn that, you know, it's part of his life's <laughs> work. To <laughs> go. And he's like Norm Peterson at this place. They know him and everything. From Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> he actually calls it his life's work. Yeah. That would have been hilarious. Ash. Yeah. Hey, hey everybody. Pull up a chair. And, uh, he, you know, I, I think they kind of faked us out a little. Uh, maybe I, I'm reading too much into this, but when he first, we didn't know where he was going and he walks up and you see a pawn shop and and that's a kind of a typical fixture in, in a, like a horror show where there's artifacts and stuff. And then he yep. walks past that and goes to Elk Grove cryo bank. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and the first thing they ask is, Hey, how's your dad? Yeah. Oh, he's still dead. Oh, that's too bad. He was a good man. He produced a fine semen. (laughs) Is that so? Unfortunately, we couldn't use it. Oh, syphilis. (laughs) So you get the sound so fine feeling that this uh, sperm bank is not too careful about the ethics, like sperm donor ethics, because she just casually mentions his dad had syphilis and then. This other one, Marcy, will go ahead and give him information about where his sperm is gone for a 30% off coupon at the hardware store. <laughs> to yeah. be fair, though, he had to bribe her with the coupon. That she was, said yeah, she resisted at first. A little. Yeah. She cracked me up. She's like, 30% would be better. <laughs> That's right. And he's on the moon for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, while he's waiting for her to dig up the info... Uh, he gets a peek at the porno manga. Ooh, while I'm here, I might mm-hmm. as well do my part. <laughs> and then resist. you see like 30 vials of s- sperm full full to the brim. <laughs> Marks Ash How much Williams. was there? Jeez. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I actually have, I have a sp- sperm bank story. Should I tell it? 
Really? We kind have of, to yeah. now. It's kind of funny. Really? All right. You can't not It's know. on this show. Okay. When I was in my 20s in San Diego, I decided to just, because I like having new experiences, to go to a sperm bank and see what it was all about. And I think there was some kind of a... Um, special like experiment or I don't know what it was. It was a long time ago. And so I go in and it turns out this isn't like a, a regular sperm bank where they're getting people in all the time that like, the, I think, yeah, there was just something going on where they needed sperm to do some study or something. So they weren't used to it. So the nurse was like all weirded out by the whole thing. Are you going to do it here? Or are you going to take it home? And I was like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. And they didn't have any porn or anything. And so they usher me into this room and, and then, um, so I did my thing and uh, some of it went onto the floor oh and so I like scooped it into the test tube because oh. <laughs> I didn't know anything. And then they like called me the next, you know, that night. Uh, did you like have a problem or something? Because <laughs> I guess, you know, when they looked in the microscope, there was like all kinds of crap in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. boulders and trees yeah. and stuff like that. Huh? <laughs> so I had to go back in the next day and it was it was pretty damn embarrassing. Uh, hey, you got to go back, huh? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. We actually had uh our second child through IVF because we tried for a long time and and couldn't have another kid and so we did that and it worked out. So I have quite a bit of experience with this sort of thing. <laughs> right on. Anyways. Um, Every time you walk in, they're like, Jay. Jay, what's up? How's your aim today? Um, yeah. So then the whole just spectacle of uh, Mrs. Lamb turning into a deadite, which I thought she made the Asian woman, you know, she made a really mm -hmm. good yeah. one, right? Yeah, like what is. stands out to you guys about that scene once everything started going nuts? <laughs> How calm she was at the beginning. Mm -hmm. She was just frozen there, and Marcy walks up behind her. Are you okay, Mrs. Lamb? No. <laughs> <laughs> and then she turns into a deadite. <laughs> yeah, that was the scene that I felt like it felt to me like it was Sam Raimi directed with the lights mm. flashing and the crooked camera angles and just the freneticness Fast. of it fast zooms and yeah, stuff, yeah, like, stuff that. like that yeah. yeah and and there was the scene where she was shooting sperm out of the vials at him and yeah. it it really felt like spider-man shooting webs to be honest <laughs> spider-man yeah, yeah. the same thing yeah and uh, obviously sam raimi did some spider-man movies he but it just even if even if he hadn't i think i would have felt like that was spider-man shooting shooting web balls but uh uh, I, I liked it too. I thought it was Sam Raimi-ish. Um, the, I don't know, the sperm effects were good <laughs> or at least convincing. <laughs> and, as far as uh, we can tell. Yeah. It yeah, was a little bit to me like, so they fired Craig DeGregoria because he doesn't supposedly know what is Evil Dead and that one scene that we are not supposed to talk about anymore was an example of it. And now we get this. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jason said something earlier that I thought too uh, was a, a reminiscent of a like something out of the Three Stooges, which I first thought of. You know, in Three Stooges, they had a lot of pie fights into the face and stuff like that. I thought the same thing. This is like a pie fight, but with semen. <laughs> I know. Like I, at first, I because I don't want to see any semen, and I was like, oh god. And but then I, I couldn't help but laugh and get into it as it went along. Yeah. 
Well, there was an awful lot of semen. Yeah, there was more semen than I've ever seen anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And it was mostly ashes. Crawling through it. Yeah. Like, it it didn't look like that fridge had, or that cupboard or whatever it was, had a lot more uh, extra vials that weren't marked A. Yeah, I didn't see any. (laughs) No. (laughs) He's like their only client. He's keeping them going, that place. (laughs) So, um, what about the Playmate? Oh, yeah, the hand coming oh, out of the magazine. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was pretty entertaining. That was creative. She goes, God, what are you looking at, asshole? Shit. Which is the last thing yeah. you want to hear from your playboy. And he's all with his face muffled because he has his hands over it. What do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I got to admit, the 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 sort of punchline to it all when he when he shows up back at the store and he's got a like semeny handprint right on his crotch yeah yeah i thought that was almost like the whole oh. thing right and then he starts to wipe it off with the, the napkin <laughs> i thought that made the whole thing worth it i thought that was that was a really funny bit and i thought it was cool to have aha's take on me playing uh because oh, i yes, think they that did that because it was like an old 80s porno mag you know with a big hair and everything and uh Maybe also because the song, as they're the deadites are trying to destroy all of Ash's seed, it's like I'm coming for your love, okay? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what was the magazine called? Booties or booty? Booty, or something? yeah, yeah. Okay. Typical, typical porn mag mm-hmm. name. <laughs> and then uh, the last thing I add is the playmates like objectifying motherfucker, and then grabs his balls. We're gonna rip your balls off, Ash. And then she slams. He slams her arm in the file cabinet and she's like, I'm not finished yet. And he goes, that's what they all say, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Classic Ash. Yeah, classic. (laughs) So Chris, number two. Okay, so number two, and you guys need to help me figure this one out a little bit. And maybe I'm just going to come off like a complete moron here. But uh, I want to talk about sort of overall what's going on a little bit. Mm hmm. The idea here is that evil is trying to destroy all of Ash's seed and prevent him from having any more offspring because he's the prophesized one or one of his offspring will be the prophesized one. We have Ruby who's trying to, she said she's trying to make her own uh, sort of chosen one um, because the demon baby is, what did she say, created from Ash's image or something like that yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. yet to me well obviously the baby seems pretty evil and if the and and so the baby seems like a a deadite or or you know influenced by by evil and so if the evil is coming to destroy all of ash's offspring or seed i feel like they're gonna have to do that to the baby as well even though ruby thinks she's trying to make a chosen one and I feel like there's a conflict there. So um, either the evil's going to try to come and kill the baby, and that means that she's Ruby is going to have to team up with Ash and the gang to fight the Deadites and the evil, or there's going to be something going on there. But am I am I sort of have I got all this straight, or am I missing something? Here's what I got. So when um, Dalton is talking to Kelly and Pablo. He says only the prophesied one can abolish the dark ones. And so we know Ash is the prophesied one. 
And the dark ones, well, we know is only Ruby because she killed all the other ones. So basically, we know that only Ash can kill Ruby, and it, that's his purpose. And then at the very end, Ruby says, uh, when the current prophesied one, Ash, is killed by his own flesh and blood, which I assume uh, or I th- suspect could be Brandy. She seems to be trying to turn Brandy against him. Mm-hmm. Right. Then uh, she says his powers will move to the next in line. And so the next in line right now is is Brandy. But she continues, and when I'm done with Ash and his daughter, my baby will be the last man standing. So that means I think he's planning. she's planning to kill Brandy. And also they need to kill anyone else who might be the next in line, which includes all of his sperm and if he has any other kids. And then right. her baby will be the last. So that means that the baby that she's making or that she made will then the um, the powers of the prophesied one will be transferred to that baby. Now, my question is, well, if the prophesied one, the prophecy is that uh, he's going to kill the dark ones and won't that baby just end up trying to kill her, too? I don't know. But maybe not. Maybe she thinks that since she has control over it, that that won't happen. So that's what I got. I, I'm not sure if that ag- lined up with what you said, Chris. Well, it kind of does, but now I'm I'm sort of confused on what the chosen one or the prophesized one is for. Is 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 that person trying to? I thought that person was trying to. Well, no, maybe a, I don't know. Bring the the dark ones. Bring bring the dark ones. Abolish. No, the them prophesized is one is going, trying to abolish them. That's right. So Ruby wants to abolish them. No, she is the dark one. So she wants to avoid avoid getting abolished. That's right. All. So she thinks her baby, if there's no other Ash uh, family members, her baby becomes that prophesized one. Yeah. But she can control it and therefore I won't guess. be abolished. Yeah, that's my like last question is, if she wants her baby to be the prophesied one, then how will she know that then it won't then turn around and kill her? I don't think we right, know that yeah. yet. But okay, what, no. what is it, Rich? There's something more to that. I wrote it all down, okay? So this is what Dalton said. He said the Dark Ones, the Master Demons, manifested evil of all kinds over the years. They did plagues, they did war, they did famine, until the most ruthless one turned and cast the rest off of this world. Her name was the Demon Woman of Fire, which we might be able to assume is Ruby. Yeah, I think we can assume that because we know she's a Dark One, and if there's only one left, then it's got to be her. But then he said the knights stole the book, right? The source of all their power. And one of them, one of the knights, a sorceress named uh, Kaya, was seduced by the Necronomicon. She tried to use it. Her soul was taken and bound within the book. Only Ash can defeat the Dark Ones, so the knights remain vigilant to protect them mm-hmm. until the foretold battle against evil. So now perhaps Ruby, there might be a twist there. Maybe Ruby is uh, a past knight. Maybe yeah. she's Kaya. I don't. I th- I think she's the dark one, and this foretold battle of evil though is yeah what she's trying. There's supposed to be a major battle coming up with Ash and Ruby, and she's trying to make sure that she can come out, you know, the winner on the other side of that. Uh, but and Kaya, but you might be right. I mean, I was wondering for a second if this um, entity that was trying to contact uh Pablo was actually Kaya, this naked woman that he couldn't help smiling at even though she was saying bad things. Yeah. Just because she was naked, he 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 kept smiling. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was his first reaction. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, naked lady. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, maybe maybe everything we think we know is not true. I mean, that would be weird. I it seems like she's I, I think we learned in season 1 that she was the dark one, right? But I guess we could have been wrong about that. Yeah. I agree too, Chris, but from what Dalton said and then what Ruby says at the end, there is a little bit of a gray area there. It's like, what what do you mean? How can you just make a baby out of the image of Ash? Was it is it going to be his uh is you know doppelganger is evil doppelganger what's going to happen there yeah so i mean i i think we we may just not have all the information yet but i was trying to piece it together yeah. kind of in my mind as i was riding the bus home today and i realized i'm, I'm not sure i quite understand exactly <laughs> where they're going yet and then i watched it again this evening after i got home and still didn't quite get it so i tried to write some stuff down and uh, i just think we don't have it all we in don't, front of us yet, but we'll figure no, it out. One yeah. thing we know is the book seems to say that the prophesied one, who's this dude with this chainsaw on his hand, so it's obviously Ash, is going mm-hmm. to kill the dark ones. And we know the only one left is Ruby. And so we know yeah. that she wants to try and prevent that. And the way that she seems to think it, to do it is to kill him and all his offspring, because if they don't kill the offspring, the power will be transferred to them. And yep. so somehow she thinks the part that's kind of unclear is, okay, well then what, what is this baby that she made? And I guess, you know, it does sort of make sense that if she used the image of the prophesied one, then somehow the magic will make it so that that then will be the inheritor of this power. So, yeah. Mm. And then maybe if it just turns around and kills her, then that would be ironic. But uh, I, I wonder if it's just going to turn into another like evil ash Oh yeah, that's true. Actually, obviously, we've seen that before. So mm-hmm. maybe it's any, yeah. maybe it's just one more thing he's going to have to fight. And Ash is always funny when he's fighting his own image. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to turn into something. You know, I, I'm sure it'll yeah. grow up fast and turn into something. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Rich, number two. That was my number two. Also, was the story elements. Uh, well, you know, they don't give us much, but when they do, I yeah, same thing. I like to try and piece it together. Although I did save something here. I said, uh, I watched it the second time and I caught something I didn't the first, which was Kelly when, when they were in the kitchen. She said that the Knights of Samaria, is that right? Samaria, yeah. Were Samaria, the Knights of Samaria were killing, were wailing on evil way back in the 1400s. And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe... That could be a possible tie-in to Army of Darkness because Ash have, has been there. I'm pretty sure that still they're legally not allowed to reference things from that movie, but see, they are. They are. Well, okay. Well, okay. But here's why I say that is because in an interview with Mark Verheiden, who's the showrunner, they asked something about Army of Darkness. And he said, not that movie, but he goes back in time at the end of Evil Dead 2, which is what they were saying before when we knew for sure they were not allowed to reference that movie. Although, I th- yeah, I seem to remember that, that that turned around at some point. But he said that in an yeah. interview. Yeah, in the second season, they actually got permission from, uh, what was it, Lionsgate, I think, hmm. to use Army of Darkness because... Uh, when stars ran the first season, there was an uptick, a, a pretty noticeable uptick in people wanting to watch the original movies. Mm-hmm. So, so they were like, oh, okay, well, let's give them permission to use the, the third movie. And so they have that permission, but I don't think they've really used it too much. But they did reference it a couple times in the second season. Maybe they're going to do that whole 
uh, time travel thing this year. That'd be interesting. So yeah. they say, here's an interview. Oh, cool. Does that mean we're going to explore the connection to Army of Darkness? And Mark Verheiden says, uh, not that movie, but you know, at the end of Evil Dead 2, when he went back in time, we can take off from that moment. Mm. Okay. Uh, I have some, I have a little bit more about Army of Darkness in the news later too, um, which may tie into this, but uh, cool. um, we can get to that. That would be exciting. All right. So mine were two. I, it's interesting to me that this series seems to dwell on offspring and children. And we had the whole demon baby thing before and, you know, Ash's dad. And now we have Ash as a father. And uh, I just love the way they're doing it because I would expect him to be all nervous about having a kid or, um, you know, try to pretend that it's not his kid or whatever. But instead, he's just trying to be a cool dad. Which I should have known (laughs) that he would do that. And so he's saying things like, hey, kiddo, rise and shine. You sleep okay? Just whatever a a stereotypical dad would say. Now, if you want to stay in bed all day, that's totally fine because I'm one of those cool dads like you see in the movies. Like you see in the movies. Yeah. And then um, (laughs) I thought you might want to spend the day with your old man, get a peek behind the scenes of a real working hardware store. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that sounds awesome. But then, uh, like, uh, he's like, you know, trying to be sensitive. I'm sorry about your mom. Yeah. Old candy back in the day. She had a real can do attitude. Hey, cute story on our wedding night. We were going at it in the back (laughs) seat when all that Kentucky glory started to catch up with her. But after she sicked up on the front dash and I mean, all over the front dash, she was ready for round two. (laughs) He can't seem to realize that (laughs) she might not want to hear about that. And then there was the whole thing about telling her it's probably wrong of me as your father to tell you to mislead the police, but double homicide can turn into a platter of shit burgers, but quick. So you might want to ixnay on the herders may. (laughs) And then he's all have a nice day at school. Love you. (laughs) Platter of shit burgers, but quick. Oh yeah. I think you're, I think it's a good point you make though, Jason, because you're right. I mean, you would sort of expect this character to go the other way with this where, Mm -hmm. and try to deny her or something. Right. But he's, he's kind of into it. Like he seems to really, uh, enjoy being a father in the short time he's known he is one. Yeah. Which I love. I mean, yeah, this show on one hand seems like, uh, it's like just funny and whatever, but they do such a good job of being fresh and not doing what you might expect. Yeah. And they keep him in character with everything. Like, <laughs> like when they're at the table and he's eating cereal, he was, he's, it genuinely hadn't occurred to him that he may have a bunch of other kids after all that crazy <laughs> sex. How am I supposed to know all that crazy sex could lead to a kid? <laughs> and that was another really cool, uh, Ramey esque moment too where he imagines seeing all his other kids at the door. Hey dad. And then he kind of zooms back into his own seat with this, like, Oh my God, look on his face. Like that could have almost yeah. been a scene back at the cabin, but just in this situation instead, which I like totally. And we didn't mention either that while uh, Dalton is giving us this whole backstory, I think probably they thought, oh, this might be boring for people or whatever, but they did a really cool animation that also seems like could have come from the movies, you know, showing Ruby as the dark one or, you know, we assume or whatever. I just like that they 
spruced it up with that. Yeah, I agree. I thought that animation was really cool and I forgot to write it down, but it it was so much better than if they'd tried to to sort of act it out with, you know, real people. I thought mm-hmm. I thought it was even more effective with as as an animated bit, which I really liked. Yeah, a good style to it. Um but the one thing like I feel like doesn't quite make sense to me. He seems really into the idea of having um Brandy and he's trying to get her approval and be cool. But then when he thinks that there might be other kids out there, uh, he's spooked by that, which is more of the reaction that I thought he would have. And so I'm like, well, wait, why is he freaked by this? And then he says that demon girl did say something about my seed. So I went back and watched that part in episode one and she just says, ashy slashy soon. There'll be nothing left of you. We'll destroy your seed and your whore daughter too. So you would think seed would mean his whore daughter, but, um, she's talking about you know other other it could just be semen we don't know uh but uh, anyways why does he care is he just like vaguely concerned because this deadite had mentioned his seed so he has to go i mean the reason why he goes to the sperm bank is to find out if he has more kids which by the way we don't really find out whether he has more kids and we also don't know right. whether the deadite succeeded in destroying all of his sperm because i th- yeah. i'm pretty sure there's like sperm banks all around the state that he's been to not just yeah. that one <laughs> it's his life's work after all yeah right and he's traveling around, around the fridge yeah <laughs> <laughs> he didn't feel like getting in the oldsmobile yeah gonna mail him <laughs> man <laughs> anyway that's was that my turn i think so yeah yeah it's my number two all right so is it me now i think it's my yeah. number one and i mean we've really touched on this quite a bit already but uh, for me, it was just the continued expansion of the Evil Dead mythology. You know, what they're doing with Dalton's backstory and the Knights of Samaria, mm-hmm. um, which we talked about. And, um, you know, I, I realize they've slowly been doing this on the show over three seasons with more characters. It's not just about Ash all the time. We have Ash's family. His father was introduced and now his daughter was introduced. He's got much more of a backstory than he ever had before, I thought. Um, so I just, I don't know. I think they're doing a good job kind of making the evil dead world or universe feel a little bit bigger. And even though I know all of us could probably sit and watch Ash crack skulls and deliver one liners all day, I think having a bigger universe is, is a good thing too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good for everyone and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, I'm enjoying it. So, yeah. um, I started thinking about this when Dalton was talking about, what his ancestors did and, and all the stuff you related, uh, rich, but, uh, I realized that the whole show is doing that a fair bit. So, um, it's, it's a good thing and it's working for me. I was thinking that too, how they've done such a good job of keeping it tight, you know, just within, uh, where they live and what's exactly around them. They don't talk too much about what's happening in the rest of the world physically, you know, it, yeah. you know, they did talk a little bit when the, was it the first season when the big holes were opening up in the ground and yeah. stuff like that. So it's, you know, it's there, but they don't really mention it and you don't really have a need for it. Or at least I don't. No, I don't think so either. But what we are getting is just more detail about Ash and his history and, and stuff. And, and the history of the book. That's enough. And the, and the history yeah. of the book. Absolutely. It's yeah. sort of what, where it came from and it's what it's been through. So mm-hmm. I like all that. It's really good stuff. Yeah, it is. It's cool. Yep. Rich. Number one. My number one was uh, the sperm bank. I thought it was was awesome. And creative, too. I mean, how how many creative places is Ash going to get into fights 
One thing I was thinking, uh, though, is, is watching him in his booth. Do you think he was always a lefty, or do you think he had to learn to become a lefty? <laughs> <laughs> that's some. That's observant. <laughs> yeah, I was like, really oh, paying attention there. Unpleasant. Oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah, I, I didn't. It didn't even um, occur to me that he's missing a hand now. I just thought you were like watching which hand he was getting ready to use or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I was because he has a big metal hand on the other side. Right. Yeah. yeah. Danger. Danger. He's going to need some other kind of attachment for that side. <laughs> Take off the hand and put on flashlight. I don't know. Oh, yeah. man. That's hilarious. I would guess that he's uh, just died in the wool righty and he's had to adjust. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, was, he was probably ambidextrous before, huh? I don't know, man. You Use your offhand. It feels more like somebody else. <laughs> all right so i've, getting, heard. So I've been getting told. personal oh. today yeah <laughs> okay my number one was all about what ruby is up to but i think we've covered that pretty well the only thing i'll mention is it didn't make sense too much sense to me that she's been hiding out as this school can uh, counselor happened to make friends with Brandy. And then in this episode, she seems surprised to find out that Brandy is Ash's daughter. So what the heck was she doing there? You know? Yeah. If she didn't that already did, know that. I think Ruby would, I think she'd make an awesome school counselor, man. She <laughs> wouldn't be messing around with the fragile psyches. Right. Know, she's like, get your fucking act together. Or I'll kill you. Skills. Yeah. She'd be like, man up, grow <laughs> some balls, get in there. I, I, I agree right with you in. though. I do feel like that came out of nowhere a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that she was the school counselor and she was the only person that Brandy could talk to about all this. It felt a little mm. convenient. And another thing is, uh, Kelly's friends with Dalton and, uh, 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 Pablo's questioning her about it. You, you just disappeared and you had to get back in the fight and now you're back here. So that sort of confirms that Kelly has been gone for a while. And yeah. she says, well, that's exactly why I'm doing this to get back in the fight. That's all it is. And so apparently that's why she hooked up with Dalton because he's this knight of Samaria and she's just itching to fight the dead. So he's the perfect guy to hang out with. But uh, it's sort of, it's like, well, how did she meet him? Like, are we going to find that out? Or it's kind of a big coincidence that, you know, I think they found the book originally. Dr. Nobi found it. Didn't you find it in Egypt or something? I don't remember. But um, why is this Knights of Sumeria guy in Michigan? Yeah. You're asking the hard <laughs> questions, Jason, and I don't know if there are good answers. Yeah. <laughs> well, these are all stories that are going to slowly be revealed. I, or not. Were you Maybe I shouldn't. Were you surprised that Ruby was a counselor? I was I was surprised. I thought that was a pretty good little twist. Well, what doesn't make sense is if she didn't know that Brandy was Ash's daughter, then why would she go there and pretend to be a counselor for long enough that Brandy obviously feels like she's her only friend? She must have been going to see her for counseling sessions for a while to feel like she's her only friend left so that means mm -hmm. that she's been there for a while so why was she there if she wasn't there if she didn't know brandy was ash's daughter she's a modern woman she needed some money for clothes <laughs> <laughs> for clothes that's, that's a funny contradictory sentence there my <laughs> actually a high school i think would be a great place to get dirt on everybody i mean it's just nothing but a gigantic uh uh you know talk rumor uh, mill yeah yeah rumor mill there you go right yeah yeah, I guess I could see that. Okay, <laughs> or and also if they're looking for Ash's seed, maybe they thought they could find some there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
What about lines? Who who's got good ones? I have I, a question about one. Sure. He says. <laughs> he says uh, after his little dream about having other kids, after all that crazy sex, he goes, "Jesus of Anaheim." What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know, but it's funny. You talking yeah. about Walt Disney? I'm gonna Google. You guys, it. you guys are the California people. You should know. Yeah. I see one site that says Ancient Order of Tootsie Roll Farmers. I have no idea. So anyway, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. I don't have any other lines for this episode, actually. Uh, My favorite one was the beard trimmer one. But uh, so we've already talked about that. So uh, I don't have any others. Rich? Yeah, there wasn't a lot. Uh, I liked uh, seeing the Inside of Ashes trailer again. Boy, it sure is bigger on the inside than you think. And we saw <laughs> Gary. Gary's still alive. No, well, that's little, not uh, his the name. Lizard. It's Eli. Oh, it's not Gary. Eli, yeah. yeah. Who's Gary? There we go. I don't know. He's <laughs> <laughs> just making up names. <laughs> Did you used to have a, a lizard named Gary? No. No, I don't know where that came from. I thought it was Gary. No, it's Eli, huh? Yeah. Eli! We saw Eli again. He's still alive. Hooray! Yeah, I know you can talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a good... That was funny, actually. You could talk. You're Pablo screwing said, with me or something. Pablo had a good one when he was walking out of the trailer. He goes when, to Dalton. He says, I should get to work and not fight evil right now. Yeah, because he's pissed <laughs> off that he can't. But I like that he's in there uh, sharpening an axe in a trailer. With, yeah. like, yeah. sparks flying everywhere. Bzzz. Genius. We should all say that. I should get to work and not, not fight, fight evil, evil. Right <laughs> Some of us do fight evil in our jobs, Rich, and you're one of them. No, <laughs> so, I have a few. Uh, this one doesn't even have ash in it, but I thought it was just kind of subtly funny. Pablo says, I'm not buying this Knights of Samaria thing. If they're so badass, how come we're just hearing about them right now? which is sort of yeah. echoing our thoughts. Like, yeah, why are we just hearing about them right now? But yeah. then Kelly responds, because shit's about to get fucked up more so than usual. <laughs> just that she had to add that because it's like, well, it's been pretty fucked up this whole time. Yeah. More yeah. so than usual. He had a good one in the spurred bank. He said, uh, Ash, he goes, yeah, as my multicultural friend would say, I need a poor favor. Like <laughs> <laughs> an idiot. Or when... Uh, Dalton's like interrupting and uh, no, no, no. When Dalton first sees Ash, he bows down and Ash is all save the knee. Yes. I'm very special message received. And, but then later when, uh, when uh, Dalton starts to interrupt, he's all new guy, take a knee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I enjoy down. how he calls him new guy. That's funny. He yeah. like, doesn't even know his name. He's just new guy. <laughs> Who are you yeah. again? And then or the whole thing Dexter. that we played at the beginning, um, now listen up evil's not the boss of us about uh you know we got to do that thing what's it like when you're driving in a car and putting on deodorant trying to drink a beer at the same time <laughs> reckless endangerment no kelly keep up multitasking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the last one i have here is uh is when he goes from now on my job one is protecting brandy i may suck as a father but i will not let evil take that away Brandy, I mean, or my balls. <laughs> we <Yeah>. got it. <laughs> so a couple, a couple in there. All right, I think we we did that pretty good. Let's take a little break. There is more to come, so stay with us. Talking away, I don't know what to say. 
means it's time for news about Evil Dead. And because we're still sort of getting into season three, there are lots of interviews going on. So lots of interesting quotes coming out, mostly from Bruce, um, but also from some of the other cast members. Uh, first item here is that Entertainment Weekly interviewed Bruce Campbell and asked him about a fourth Evil Dead movie. And he said, we're in horrible television limbo right now. We're going to see what the TV gods have in store for us. We're ready either way. If they take us off the air, we can think about another movie. And if they don't, we can just keep plugging away. Awesome. If they, yeah, if they do another movie, I sure as hell hope that they take into account all of what's happened on the show and that Pablo and Kelly get to be in it. Well, that would be great. Yeah. 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 And be cool. I mean, it's, it's just fun to hear that they're thinking about it, first mm -hmm. of all, and wanting to keep this going. But, uh, you know, there was some speculation online, too, of whether another Evil Dead movie would be a continuation on Army of Darkness, sort of an Army of Darkness 2, or if it would be a movie continuing Ash versus Evil Dead. And I really don't think there's any other way to do it at this point. Um, Army of Darkness is old and you know, Bruce Campbell's a lot older and Ash, we have all this Ash versus evil dead content. So mm -hmm. they have to continue from yeah. there, but uh, they could just meld it all together too. They kind of could. Yeah, for sure. Have, but, have I mean, Kelly and Pablo a, back in the middle ages. Yeah. You could um, always mess with the timeline too. Mm -hmm. When you do time travel, it's always convenient. That's, that's the thing. They can almost do whatever they want right mm -hmm. in this, uh, in this series. And that's one of the most fun things about it. But uh, it was good to hear that, um, on, well, good to hear on one hand that they are wanting to do this kind of thing and keep it going. But at the, on the other hand, you know, he says they're in horrible television limbo, so they don't even know what's going on with season four and, mm -hmm. um, who knows when we're going to find out. I'm not sure if that would be soon or, or months from now. I don't know. I don't have a good right. feeling about it. No, there's, there's a little bit of information out there, too, um, about the end of season three. Not really specifics, but people who've been asked have generally been saying that season they do kind of wrap things up in season three. So if they don't get renewed, they generally think it's, it's going to feel satisfying for yeah. people. But at we, the we, same we time... We talked about that last time, yeah. Did we? Okay, yeah. at the same time, they leave it open a little bit. So, mm -hmm. um, you know... I don't like I'm, knowing that, though. Well, yeah, I don't either. either, but you know what? I'm glad they're doing that because I so hate it when a series ends and the creators didn't do that. It's so unsatisfying, yeah. you know? So I think they're doing the best that they can. They're, they're trying to be, do an episode that could function as a series finale just in case. Right. Right. I mean, they, it's, it's nice to know they're thinking about that yeah. and, and they don't want to leave it, leave us hanging too much. So, yeah. Um, CNN of all places introduced, interviewed Bruce and they asked him what it's <laughs> like playing the same character for 40 years. And he said, it's good because I can go back now and work on him. Ash needs to be inflated to a three dimensional creature. And, and he was very two dimensional before. So taking advantage of the fact that it's a TV show, we're getting to see a whole lot more of him in situations, which we never have and which makes him feel more human and more likable. And mm. I realized that. Uh, I mean, we talked about that earlier, sort of with expanding the universe and so on. But at the same time, I really, I thought, you know, Ash is this amazing character who's actually not really all that likable, yet everybody loves him. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it, yep. I guess, and I'm glad to hear it's fun for Bruce to play him for this long and expand on him a little bit. 
I think in part, it's hard not to like someone who's just so blunt, even if what they're saying is kind of crass or whatever, or um, offensive, quote unquote, that they're just, what you see is what you get, you know? Yeah. Especially if they come off as not knowing any better. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I think Bruce also thinks of Ash as a little bit of an everyman, which, you know, it's turned up the dial to 11, but... uh, (laughs) there's a dichotomy there he's kind of an everyman in a lot of ways but also he's incredibly special and total badass too yeah he's the everyman superhero kind of (laughs) (laughs) um uh back to entertainment weekly they asked him if if uh, they asked him about getting injured or hurt on set and uh he said last year i blew a hamstring but this year no it was just general wear and tear mostly though all that falls on the shoulders of my excellent stuntman uh, Raiko Vasilev from Bulgaria. I'll hear those Ooh. tremendous crashes from across the set, and I'll go, Raiko, how did it go? He'll say, fuck this shit, boss, and I know he's having a good time. <laughs> 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 so, it does sound like a fun set to be on, even though people are getting smashed and, you know, skidding around on semen all the time, or at least some of the time. <laughs> For like a good week there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so Stars did a live Q&A with Bruce on Facebook, and um, a couple of quick ones. Do you actually, some fans were asking him questions, so, you know, some of the questions were, I'm sure, uh, he'd been asked a million times, but he got asked, do you actually enjoy playing Ash? And he said, because of the new show, Ash is officially my favorite character to play. He's so horribly flawed, it's awesome. Love it. So that's great. Somebody else asked, are you happy with the way the series is going? If Stars decides to not pick up seasons four or five, uh, will you guys seek out another venue like Netflix? And he said, not sure. We'll know soon. And honestly, if season three is a last hurrah, we have ended it with a bang. So fans should dig it. Hmm. Um, That's cool. He said, but no soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, he'll, I don't know what that means, but maybe, maybe it's soon, but I also thought the an idea of like, if stars doesn't want it, they can take it to Netflix or somewhere. And I, part of me thinks that there might be demand from other places like Netflix to continue yeah. this on if stars wouldn't want to do it. So Netflix also, has 50,000 shows. They can have Ash too. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't keep up with everything on, on Netflix these mm-hmm. days. Um, All right, so this one was an interview with Lucy Lawless. People interviewed her, and uh, I thought this one was funny. You guys will understand why in a second. Uh, She was asked about her character, uh, the character of the the guidance counselor or the school counselor in this episode, and she said, I get to play this really benign character on the face of it. She's a school counselor, and I thought, how can I make her less threatening? So I flipped a little mm. Canadian accent on there just to make her super safe. <laughs> so I, I read that uh, before I watched it a second time. And then I went back and I tried to listen for it, but I couldn't hear it. I don't know if you oh, guys really? think I have a funny Canadian accent, but I couldn't hear it in what she was doing. You wouldn't be able to hear it. No, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think I heard it either. I'll have to go back and look, but I did... Uh, she did have a different vibe and I thought it was just because of the clothes, but I think, yeah, now that you mentioned it, she was doing other things too, to just seem a little more mundane. Well, she was definitely softer, right? She came yeah. across as friendly and, and sort of 
um, just in touch with the kids and stuff like that. But yeah, until there is that like ominous look at the end. Well, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then finally here, uh, this year is the 25th anniversary of Army of Darkness, in case you guys wanted to feel old. Um, <laughs> Thanks. And yeah, no problem. <laughs> Denofgeek.com did a big write-up on the movie and sort of the whole franchise in general. And uh, the bit that I, I wanted to pull out here was was this. They wrote, the idea of taking Ash back in time was originally going to form the basis of the second film, but Raimi and company weren't able to get the budget to do it, so they decided to make an interim version, not knowing if the year 1300 story would ever get made. Uh, but when the second film made enough money to warrant a third, Raimi went back to the Middle Ages story, which was originally and brilliantly titled The Medieval Dead. Mm. Mm. Which I realized was sort of interesting because um, if Army of Darkness was in the 1300s, in this episode of the TV show, they talk about going to the 1400s, so they're a century off, but um, <laughs> mm. whatever. I don't think it's uh, going to be a big deal. I suspect that they came up with the title Medieval Dead and thought, we should we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classic example yeah. <laughs> of the title comes first, and then they create a story around it. <laughs> that happens all the time, I think. Uh, and that's all the news I have. Jason, you told me earlier you might have one more quick item. Yeah, just that in a couple of weeks here, uh, it's like, God, a week and a half. I'm going to London for Walker Stalker Con London. And Bruce Campbell is one of the uh, guests for that. I work with Walker Stalker. Uh, most of you guys probably know, but not everyone. And uh, I do Q&A for the panels. I host the panels but uh, Bruce Campbell never has a moderator for his panels. He does his own show. So I don't get to be on stage with him, which is kind of a bummer. But I did put in a request to do like a quick 10-minute interview. So we'll see if that happens. I don't know. I'm not counting cool. on it, but it's a possibility. That's awesome. I hope you get to do it. Yeah. Never hurts to ask. Yeah. Are the are the other cast members coming to London? No. I think it's just Bruce. Okay. All right. Yeah. Bruce is international, baby. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks, Chris. That was that was good. Lots of fun stuff there. Let's move on to some listener feedback. By the way, just to remind you that um, all the listener feedback is for last week's episode. So this is the about the right. season three premiere. Yeah, season three premiere. Derek O'Neill writes, uh, so excited to see it. Need a good laugh like only uh, Ash versus Evil Dead can provide. True. Yes. <laughs> Big thumbs up. Steve Brown loved the episode. I like that they did not dwell on how or why the book is back because it had nothing to do with our mains. I'm a little disappointed that Ash could not hear the Sumerian being read in the background, but glad that Kelly did. I'm wondering about if Ruby did erase Ash from the book and how that may affect him. Ash couldn't hear it because he was busy flirting with the customer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I kind of like that because it was all this chaos going on in the background on the TV that she was kind of staring at and he was totally oblivious. Too busy talking about his hose. Avelino <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, Roshino says, who's a friend of mine, hello, says, I, I thought it was great. I was afraid the show would feel different with the new showrunner, but it's still the same Ash the instrument fight scene was imaginative, funny, and gory. Did the demoness give off Harley Quinn vibes, or was it only me? Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. 
Her death by string instrument was classic Ashbridge's Evil Dead. Yeah, the harp strings yeah, through call. the face was amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that you say it, I can see the Harley Quinn for sure. Mm-hmm. Same here, yeah. And Bernard Schaefer, welcome back, Evil Dead cast. The new episode was great. Keep it up. Thanks, Thanks man. man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Aw, laughs> shucks. There you go. All right, cool. Thank you guys for writing in. More of you guys. We'd like to hear from more. What, whatever you, your thoughts about you know these new episodes coming out, love to hear from you. Uh, we'll give out our email and all that contact info at the end. But for now, it's time for next week on Ashford's Evil Dead. What's coming up, Rich? Ooh, next episode is titled Apparently Dead. And Ruby reveals herself to Ash as she tries to strengthen her bond with Brandy to defeat the prophesized one. Meanwhile, Pablo and Dalton continue to spar, unsure of one another. Hmm. Not a lot to go on there, but... Nope. That doesn't, that doesn't clear anything up, An extension no. of what we've already seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be something totally unexpectedly disgusting that we'll be talking about at this time next week. All right, that's our show, episode 28. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. If you want to call us, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can also email us at groovy at podcastica.com. And as always, you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or at evildeadcast on Twitter. Please check out the other shows on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com. Or you can find my Walking Dead podcast on there, and you can find Chris's Talking Dead podcast at talkingdeadpodcast.com. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Have a nice day at school. Love you!